This morning's gospel lesson comes to us from the 15th chapter of John. If you have your Bibles, if you uh, care to read along with me, whatever version you have is, is fine. I'm going to be spending some time talking about Jesus, the true vine. John writes, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. Jesus says, he removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You've already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. See, what Jesus is trying to get across to us here, much like John in 1 John chapter 4 that Bobby read, is that this is a discussion about a love relationship. God the Father is the vine grower. Jesus is the vine, and we are the branches. Now, as we look at this, clearly we need to understand God does not need us for anything. He existed in eternity past without us, and he can exist forever into the future without need of any help from you or me. Now, that being said, and this is what's really important here, he invites you and me into this relationship where we, through Christ, are the bearers of fruit. We're integral to that relationship. It's not the vine grower, nor is it even the vine from which the fruit is produced. It's the branches that produce the fruit. So as I read this, and every time I read this, and every time I read this, I will share this with you because it's troubling unless you have a clear understanding of what Jesus is saying here. In verse 2, he says, He, God the Father, removes every branch, that's you and me, 
Every branch, what? In me, in other words, every branch that's in Jesus that bears no fruit. Us is, in this verse, is believers. Clearly, it says those in Jesus. So us is believers in this verse. He, God the Father, removes every believer that bears no fruit. See, that's troubling. God removes believers who don't bear fruit? Really? Is this saying that as a believer, if I don't bear any fruit, then I can be removed from Christ, chopped off like a dead branch, thrown into the fire with those who don't even abide in Christ? Like it says in verse 6, whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. Is, is Jesus in fact saying that I can lose my salvation for not bearing fruit? If that's true, what does this mean concerning faith, not works? If that's true, then that's troubling. And we have to be clear what Jesus says, don't we? I mean, if we're going to follow the guidebook, shouldn't we understand what the guidebook tells us? It's so troubling that it should cause us to stop and look deeper. And so, let's go back to the original Greek text. And we can see there that the word that Jesus uses here for remove is a little word in Greek, aero. Aero. And it does, in fact, mean to remove, depending on context. But see, that little word also means to raise up, to lift up, to carry, to bear or bear up. So, and some of you may recall this if you were in Bible study at, at any point where we talked about this verse. It it's good for us to see how they did things back then in order to understand the full context of these verses that they use in which they describe vineyards. See, unlike modern vineyards in which the grapes are grown suspended from a trellis, I say modern because they've been doing it for hundreds of years this way, but in the ancient vineyards, they just allowed the vines to string along the ground the way they naturally would. And if the grapes and the branches sat for any period of time in water, then they developed a fungus which prevented the grapes from growing or caused the grapes to rot on the vine. And so as the vine grower would lift the branches in these trouble spots by putting a, right, uh, a, a large rock or a log underneath the vine to hold it up so that it could thrive. This is the way vineyards used to be grown and tended. And this, if I'm reading this passage in which Jesus is talking about 
What does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned, which is troubling unless we know the nuances of this word, Aero. Especially in the context of how they used to tend vineyards. It's a much better image in my mind of God the Father not pouring out wrath on the believer who's struggling to bear fruit because let's face it, don't we all struggle to bear fruit? I don't want to be chopped off and thrown into the fire, but that's not what Jesus is saying. Instead of pouring out wrath on the believer that's struggling to bear the fruit, chopping us off the vine, no, that's not what God the Father, the vine dresser, does. He lifts us up in Christ so that we can thrive. You're not condemned for your struggles. You return to the vine, the source of your strength, and the vine dresser uses that strength to lift you up so that you can bear fruit. And so now that I'm better to, able to understand this passage and reconcile it with this process of salvation by faith, sanctification through the Holy Spirit, we know that those uh, concepts of justification and sanctification are true. And so now this passage of Scripture where Jesus relates our relationship to the vine makes better sense. The last verse in that passage where Jesus says, I've said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. We, if we look at the context of this passage of Scripture, Jesus is saying these words as he is preparing for what? To be arrested, tried, convicted, scourged, humiliated, hung from a cross. And so it makes you wonder to what joy could he possibly be referring But we have the benefit here of knowing the whole story, don't we? Jesus is not focused on those things, the arrest, the trial, conviction, the scourging, the humiliation, the crucifixion. He's not focused on those. Rather, he's focusing on what comes after. He's focusing on the resurrection. The relationship we have with the vine grower, the true vine, as, as branches enables us not only to bear fruit, but to have a share in the resurrection of Christ. Why? Because we're the same substance as the vine. If you look at an actual grapevine, it, it's difficult to figure out where the vine ends and the branch begins, isn't it? We're not the same substance as the vine. We are the same substance as the vine, but we're not the same as the vine. Does that make sense? It's not the same, but not separate. We're not one, but we're not two either. It's like waves on the ocean. It's not the same. It's not one, but then again, it's not two. 
or or the dancer and the dance. They're, they're not one, they're not the same, but they're not two either. It's, it's this mystery, this joy that we get to share in Christ, this relationship that we have as the branches to the one true vine. All of this discussion about vineyards leads me back to what Bobby was sharing with us in 1 John. Behold, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever doesn't love does not know God because God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love each other. You see, no one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the father has sent his son as the savior of the world. God's abide, God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the son of God. And they abide in God. So we have known and believed that the love that God has for each of us. God is love and those who abide in love abide in God and God abides in them. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. We love because he first loved us. Those who say, I love God and hate their brothers or sisters are liars. For those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. The commandment we have from him is this. Those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. How do those two fit together? God is love. God the Son is the vine. And we are the same substance as the vine. If we take what we now know about vineyards and we apply it to what we now know about love, I guess the most important thing about that passage is where does love come from? 
comes from God. In fact, it is God. The vine grower loves the vine and the vine loves the branches. We see that because we're the, the same substance as the vine, Jesus, who is love, we as the branches must be love also when we abide in him. Have you ever thought of yourself as being love? Not being loved, but being the embodiment of love. Being the dwelling place of divine love. The temple of divine love. If God is love and we're made in His image, then each of us must be capable of the same kind of love and also worthy of that kind of love. Made worthy by our Lord Jesus' ultimate love for us as demonstrated by the cross. You are the, of the same substance as Christ. If Christ is love and you are love, then why are we so busy being unloving? Why is the world so busy being unloving? My encouragement and my challenge to you this week Because you are made of the same substance as the vine, Jesus. Go into the world this week being the love of Christ for someone else. It's your nature to be loving. You were created to be loving. Anything else that's not loving is contrary to who you are. In your thoughts, in your words, in your very being, you are love. Go be that for the world this week. Go be love. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And as we go into the world, 